Hello and welcome to Talking Upward, the show where we discuss all things TRIO and explore the critical aspects of TRIO programs, including higher education, scholarships, and policy. Ultimately, we discover what educators and students need to know by examining our shared experiences and discuss how we all can stay on a path upward. I'm your host, Reggie Holyfield, and today we have special guest, Ms. Elizabeth Ownby the Student Success Coach in the Falcon Success Center in the University of Montevallo. Without further ado, let's welcome Miss Elizabeth Ownby to the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Very rainy Tuesday, but going very well. Yeah. So for those of our listeners who may not know who you are, could you kind of give a, a background and what you do? kind of go over that. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the student success coach at Falcon Success Center, exactly like you said. And I pretty much uh, help students navigate college. So whether that is just learning about the resources that the college offers, directing them in the right direction, or if it's even they need help with study tips or test taking skills or time management and organization, I can help with all of those things because it's a big adjustment to go from always, you know, having teachers on top of you all day long to then moving to college to where it's more on you to take that personal responsibility to be on top of yourself. Absolutely. And so with the podcast, you know, we like to focus on our our trio students and students or people who may be involved uh, with TRIO as professionals or as legislators. But we actually met at the first generation celebration that just passed recently where you shared your story and how you are also a first generation. Yes. So I am a first generation student. I was also an adult student. Um, I had a very tough start getting into college. Um, As a foster child coming out of that system at 18 years old, um, Mm. my focus was, yes, my focus was mainly on just surviving, honestly. But later on in life, I realized that a college degree is definitely what I needed. So I decided to go back to school. So you mentioned being in and out of foster care. Do you have any experience with fictive kinship? Yes. So that's most of the homes that I was placed in. So fictive kin is when it's not a family member who decides to take you in, but it's still someone who knows your family. So it's usually a close friend or somebody who technically isn't blood related to you. And then they decide to take you in. That was most of the people that took me in through the foster care system. But I uh, was put in the system around the age of 10 or nine or 10. I can't exactly remember. And then I aged out at 18. Wow. That's impactful. So it's not every day that you're able to come across a student, let alone a professional now who has experience with the foster care system and and how those things work or what fictive care is. Cause I mean, I wasn't very familiar with it, um, but you kind of explained it really well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, it, uh, foster care in general is just hard to take on as a child. And no matter the situation, even if you are in fictive kin care and you know the people beforehand, it's still a huge 
change and it's very life-altering to be in that situation because no matter what, you're in foster care for a reason and those reasons definitely shape you into who you are going to be later in adulthood. But it's definitely possible to look at that past and see what it is that you faced and help it mold you and help you also mold other people because I've definitely been there. I understand how hard it is and how big of a change that can be. So could you talk about the transitions from high school into college? So how did you, how did you navigate that process? Mm -hmm. So, my senior year of high school was not the typical senior year. Part of it is, looking back now, it was just me being immature. Um, I was a very angry kid, so I was actually in alternative schools during high school because I kept getting into trouble mm. in the regular school. Yeah, so right. uh, I was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything just comes out. Uh, so my counselor's didn't I, I hate to say it, but honestly, my counselors didn't have high expectations. So what they were focused on whenever I was graduating was, where are you going to live when you age out of the system? North Carolina, uh, which is where I was from, that was the system that I was in foster care in, North Carolina has a great, what sounds like a great program for foster kids. And if you choose to stay in foster care after you turn 18, you can actually go to college for free. The problem with that is, though, is, kids don't want to stay in foster care. I didn't want to stay. You're tossed around from home to home, going from place to place. It's not an ideal environment to choose to stay in foster care for a free education. So actually, everybody that I know who was in foster care, including myself, and even students that I taught at schools, none of them chose that pathway. So we all chose to just be on our own rather than staying in the foster care system and getting that free education. So I uh, went, I was I already had a job, so I continued working. I went from part-time to full-time, and I was living on my own in an apartment. And I worked uh, straight through about two years, just decided that I was going to give cosmetology school a try. Didn't like it. I did it for about a year while I was still working, then dropped out because I was like, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Um, took another two years, kept on working. I was at this point, I'm usually working like two jobs, one's full time, one's part time, because I'm I'm my only support system at that time. And then at about 22, I decided that I was going to go to community college and start taking classes with the hope of going to a four year university. And I started the process. I applied for the community college. All these things. And then it came to paying for it, and I found out that even though I was in foster care, I still was considered a dependent by my biological parents, and I had no access to their information. They would not give me their information, so that way I could get financial aid to pay for community college. And wow. that was the that was the biggest obstacle that I faced was just getting back started. So you said a lot there. Talked about the environment that you were in surrounding trying to enter into college or higher education, as well as navigating the different steps. So you started out in cosmetology and you figured that, that wasn't right for you. What kind of intrinsic motivators kind of propelled you to, to keep going? You know, what kind of told you that, no, this isn't right for me, 
but I, I want I want something else. I want to move here. I want to do this. So once I once I got involved in working these full time jobs and involved in cosmetology school, as I was doing it, I realized, especially working the full time jobs, because I was just working in restaurants. I realized that I did not want to do that for the rest of my life, and I was going to be stuck in the same the same city doing the exact same thing as my biological parents, which was just living paycheck to paycheck. And then when I went to cosmetology school, I was just unhappy. So I wasn't enjoying what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. I was good at it and I thought I would enjoy it. But then once it became a job, I no longer was willing to do that for the rest of my life, if I wanted to put it that way. And so it was just very much of wanting to get out of the environment that I grew up in. I didn't want to have to live paycheck to paycheck. I didn't want to have to be on government assistance. I didn't want to have to be stuck in the same places without many opportunities. And so that really pushed me to try cosmetology school. Wasn't for me. That's okay. And then it pushed me to try community college to go for a four-year degree eventually to lead myself away from that situation it sounds like innately you you kind of you know wanted to improve your human capital and, and definitely improve your social mobility and try to improve your situation improve your environment and surroundings so if i could ask you know if you could go back and give your 18 year old self a piece of advice what would that be oh wow if I was going to give my 18-year-old self advice, it would be to probably to not believe that you're limited because I felt very limited based on the discipline trouble that I got into in high school, based on the fact that my counselors weren't pushing me towards college. I really had like these internal, this internal voice telling me, they're not talking to you about those things because they don't think you can do it. And so I was very much held down by what I now know is imposter syndrome of me believing that I was not going to achieve these things, that I couldn't do it, that I did not belong where I was. And so I think that my 18-year-old self just needs to hear that my past mistakes don't define who I was going to be, and I'm not limited by my past Mm -hmm. and by where I came from. Absolutely. Do you think that first-generation students currently in 2022 still face some of those same conversations like like deficit mindset, or do you feel like they are being limited in certain situations, or maybe people are not reaching out to them or giving them the same opportunities as other students because of some type of background? Yeah, I I definitely would agree that first-generation students just lack that support at home of a of a parent or a loved one, just knowing all of the options. And you can have support that says, yeah, you can do it. Like, yes, I do believe that you're going to be successful, but that still doesn't give you access to really all the resources that you have available in a college environment or a community college environment. And so I do think that first-gen students definitely feel like it is harder for them to achieve these goals because they look at friends who it seems to be coming easy to them, but they just don't realize that they had somebody who could literally hold their hand and walk them through each step because that person had been there as well. So just being able to understand that 
it's not it's not easy and it is hard and it does have obstacles to overcome but it is possible and so I do think that first gen students definitely still face a lot of those same doubts and fears of just even attempting to go to college. So along your journey, have you had a professional mentor or or anybody uh, who kind of provided inspiration for you? So that person that really pushed me and inspired me would be my supervisor from the restaurant that I worked at when I was in my four-year, my two years at four-year university. So once I got to the four-year university, I was an assistant manager at Pizza Hut, and my boss was amazing. Like, I was expected to work 50 hours a week to get my salary, but I still had a full-time school schedule. I was still taking 12 and 15 credit hours every single semester, and she was extremely helpful in the way of, yes, we're going to work around her school schedule because she's worth it as a worker and she's going to better herself as well. And then when I became a general manager under the same supervisor and I took over a store all on my own, she was 100% supportive of me. She never doubted that I would get the job done, but she also pushed me to make sure that I was still taking care of myself and making sure that I got my work done as well. So just seeing the support that she gave me and the fact that she believed in me, it really motivated me to see that I wasn't alone in that process, even though I had always felt like I was alone. She clearly gave me so much support to make sure that I achieved my goal of being a college graduate, but she was still understanding of the fact I still needed to work full-time as well. Kind of pointed out that you worked 50 hours a week, but you still also had a full load on the academic end. Looking back on or reflecting on that now, what tools from your work experience have you used or have translated from then to now in your professional career? I think the biggest tool that I have carried on with and I've really tweaked to make sure that it was always what I needed to be would be time management having to handle that schedule of a full-time student and a full-time job, it it was not easy. And most of my days were literally scheduled down to the minute. And I knew exactly when I would be doing everything when I needed to be at work. And I, I think whenever things would arise um, where maybe it took me longer to do a paper or a shift ran longer than possible because somebody called out, Uh, you have to learn how to be flexible and you have to learn that you have to make sacrifices. So I think that that time management and organization is something that I will carry with me for the rest of my life, no matter what career field I go into, to just understand that, yes, you have to be flexible when things come up, but you also need to remain organized to ensure that you are meeting all of your deadlines or achieving all of your goals that you have set. So just that time management organization is probably one of the most things that I took from it. The other thing that I took from working as a general manager was as people skills. I had to be understanding of other people's schedules as well and understanding of things that may happen and come up. And it just made me more of a caring and sympathetic person overall to understand that these employees have families, these employees have things coming up on their own end. 
so I'm much more empathetic when it comes to other people now that I'm had that experience. And so how do you use that or those things now as the student success coach? How do you kind of mold your story or do you mold your story into you know some of the meetings that you have with collegiate students now? Yeah, so I, I think I'm much more understanding of all of the obstacles that a student can face in school, whether it is because of a full-time job or because of a family situation or because they just maybe have never had to be on their own and try to be successful and have that self-motivation. But my, I, my story, I feel like, can really help show them that you have all of these barriers in place and it is possible to overcome them. And that's the biggest thing that I say is, yes, it is tough now. Yes, it is hard. Yes, it is going to be extra work on your part. But this, that's only a short time. It's only hard for a short time. And then you get to see what you can do with this degree and you get to live in your career and you have all of these things that you can look forward to. But unfortunately, it is hard at first. And a lot of students, I feel like, come in and don't realize just how time consuming all of it can be. And then me being more understanding and sympathetic of that situation, I can really I can really focus on what it is that are priorities that we definitely need to accomplish and what are things that could possibly be put on the back burner to manage our time better because that's what it's going to take to be able to be successful later in life. But it's, it's definitely just being that more of a sympathetic person and understanding all of the different walks of life that we come from really impacts us and how we view our future. Absolutely. As always, I live by the quote, inspire before I expire. I mentioned this to almost all of my guests. Before you leave, I know you have a busy day. What kind of inspiration could you give to potentially a student who may be in the foster care system right now, or a student who may be struggling with transitioning from a two-year, four-year, or someone who may have a, a similar background what inspiration or motivation could you lend to them I think the biggest inspiration to give especially to students who are in the foster care system is that is exactly what I said earlier is that your past and where you come from it doesn't define who you are that where you're going can be so much better than where you came from as long as you work hard for it and that's that's what you're going to have to do is work hard for it. You're going to be required to put in those tough hours and those tough study sessions, and you're going to take these tough classes. You're going to have to work these hard jobs or whatever it might be, but it is possible to look back and see how far you've come from where you came from. And that's important, I think, for those foster kids because sometimes as a foster child, you're looking around and you really don't see hope in your situation and you feel like you're stuck. You feel mm -hmm. like you're just not going to amount to much because it seems like all of these obstacles are placed in your way and nobody else is facing any obstacles even close to what you're facing. So just being able to remember that it is possible to change where you're going 
and make it where you want it to be, no matter where you came from. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. It's Elizabeth Ombi, student success coach, Falcon Success Center, share her first generation story with us. Thank you so much for stopping by talking upward and sharing your experiences as a first generation student. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thank you.